Well, so glad that you're here this morning, and uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you before, my name is Chris Massey. I'm one of the pastors here at Family Life Church, and uh, we believe that Jesus is the hope for every life. Do you believe that this morning? Absolutely. You know, there's nothing else that we can really pin our hopes on like Jesus, and we're so grateful that you get to be a a part of that and a part of this family and experience it. Um, We also believe in life through community, and we've had our life groups going on right now, and I would certainly like to encourage you if you have not yet had a chance to check out one of our life groups to go and do that. They meet throughout the week at different times, different places. Um, We do have our signups that are still available in the foyer. This will be the last week that they're going to be out there, Uh, but the information is available in the bulletins to let you know where they are, but I just really encourage you, there's something about getting together and doing life together as followers of Jesus. You know, you, you gain people who are, are not just friends, but people who are prayer warriors with you, who encourage you, who speak the word of God into your life, and it's just really a very powerful time and experience. I just encourage you uh, to be a part of that and to take, take as much opportunity as you can for great fellowship. Uh, But we're going to wrap up the series that we've been in to begin this year, uh, which is the best year ever. How many of you want to have the best year ever? Okay, never mind. (laughs) The best year ever. Listen, hopefully uh, three weeks in, you know, 2023 is not shot for you, uh, but we have an opportunity for great things to come. And we've been talking over the last several weeks about some of these things, beginning with rest, the necessity of taking time to rest your body, your spirit, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of those things, your body needs rest. And we talked about a lot of times our first thing is, well, I do need rest. What I'm going to do is stay home from Sunday morning church and I'm going to rest on Sunday. We don't take a break from God, but we do need to evaluate some of the things in our lives that are too much. Secondly, we talked about your tribe. Choosing what tribe you're going to be a part of this year is going to significantly change the outcome of this year. Are you going to be devoted to all the different places that you feel pulled, the different directions, or are you going to make the statement, no, I choose to be a part of the family of God, and that's my top priority. Last week, we talked about finances, and again, as Pastor Paul said a minute ago, God doesn't need your money, but he does want your heart. God wants your heart. And our our finances, the way in which we give back to God is a very clear indicator as to whether or not we're putting our hope and trust in Jesus or we put all of that hope in ourselves, our vocation, our money, our jobs. And this week we're going to talk about purpose. Purpose. What is your purpose? If I gave you a piece of paper right now, would you be able to write down exactly what your purpose is in life? And here's a, here's a clue. I just want to you know, root this out right away. Your purpose has nothing to do with your job. Your purpose is not even what to do with your family, that we're just here to raise our families and make money. Sometimes we get caught up in that idea. We have an actual purpose. But to kind of illustrate purpose, I have a question for you this morning. How many of you in here are coffee drinkers? Anybody in here? Any tea drinkers? I was told I left the tea drinkers out in the first service, and and there was a little bit of a frustration about that, okay? All right, so so let me ask you this. Do you prefer hot coffee and tea or cold coffee and tea? So if you're a hot coffee or hot tea person, raise your hand. If you're an iced coffee and iced tea person, you can raise your hand for that. Okay, so we're pretty well split, okay? Here's the thing I want to illustrate to you. Whether it would be hot coffee or, or iced coffee, we can all agree on this. Nobody likes it at room temperature. It's disgusting. Don't say anything, Dawn. Just don't. Don't. First service, she goes, I do. 
It serves no purpose. To me, it's like, you know, I think of when I'm cold, I want a hot drink. When I'm hot, I want a cold drink. There's nothing worse if you've ever experienced this. You're out and, you, you know, you've been out walking around. I, my family, we like to go hiking. It's like 100 degrees. You get back to the car and you find a bottle of water. And that bottle of water is also 100 degrees. And you're just like... I got to do it. I need water. And you drink it. It's like, ah, because it's terrible. It's not cold. It's not refreshing. It serves no purpose. Unlike this iced coffee, which I'm going to drink. I told Lynn it was a sermon illustration, but really I just wanted a free coffee. (laughs) Thanks, Lynn. Oh, this is caramel. This is really good. If you have not been to the Family Life Cafe, I encourage you, go check that out. There's some really good stuff over there. And every time you buy something from the cafe, you give a dollar to missions. Uh, But no, serving a purpose, serving a purpose is so important. And really, there's this is really something that comes up in Scripture as well that we're going to go and take a look at in Revelation this morning because... God wanted the people in the early church to understand certain things about themselves. And so in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, we see seven letters that are written to some of the prominent churches in Asia Minor in the first century after Jesus had gone into heaven. And one of those letters is to a church called Laodicea. And Laodicea is is this place that that God wants to get a hold of their hearts. He wants them to understand something. So he speaks to them right where they are about their purpose. And this is what we read in verses 15 and 16. He says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. What an image, right? Right? God says, I'm I'm looking for something cold and refreshing to drink, but it was hot. I was looking for something hot, and all I got was something room temperature. You're not serving a purpose. Now, we can see through archaeological evidence, there's some really neat distinctions about Laodicea. This city was located about five miles from any water source. You might ask yourself, why would you build something five miles from water when you don't have water? But that's what they did. But here's the thing. This is kind of interesting to me. In the first century Roman Empire, they actually had plumbing. So I don't know why we did the whole thing in America where we didn't do plumbing for like the first, you know, 400 years we were here. Uh, But they had it. In fact, you probably heard of it called an aqueduct. They would move water from one place to another um, across great valleys. In fact, if you go to Italy, there are still a lot of aqueducts that are still standing to this day. But what they did is they would pipe in hot water from the hot springs of Hierapolis. They would bring that in and they would pipe in cold water from Colossae that would come to them. But here's the problem. Because they were so far from either place, by the time the hot water got there, it was no longer hot. And by the time the cold water got there, it was no longer cold. And so he's just speaking right to where they're at. And he goes, doesn't it frustrate you when you go to get a hot drink or a cold drink and either one is just lukewarm? Doesn't that frustrate you? Doesn't it make you feel like this serves no purpose? We're putting all this time and effort and energy into bringing this here, but yet it still serves no purpose. And I think this is something that we can really identify with is lacking purpose in our lives. This to me is something that's very important. It's it's obviously one of the four things I felt God wanted us to really focus on looking at this year. We need to look at the purpose of our lives because in a lot of cases, we're lacking it. And there's a number of reasons. I want to go over those with you this morning. There are some reasons why we lack purpose, things that keep us from our purpose. Number one is we don't have time to think about it, right? 
When is the last time you sat down and contemplated, what is my purpose in life? Was it while you're brushing your teeth this morning? Putting your shoes on? Getting dressed? Combing your hair? You probably haven't thought about it in ages. Maybe you've thought about it when you were a kid, what you want to be when you grow up or, or things like that. But we just don't have time. We're just trying to survive. Secondly, we have a lot of options. Look around the world that we're living in. You could be or do anything. So what is my purpose? What should I be? What should I do? What should I be devoting my life to? Uh, and you know, you want to see this really played out on a panic scale? Go and talk to a 17 or 18 year old who's getting ready to graduate high school and ask them, what do you want to do with your life? And they go, eh, I don't know. And then they go to college and guess what? 44% of college graduates never end up using their degree because they had no idea what they wanted to become. This says we don't know what we want to achieve. We don't even know what to fix our eyes on. Uh, we struggle with, to set goals. We might know what we want to be, but as far as the pathway of how to get there, or how to do it, how to practically step into it, we're like, I, I don't know what the next step is. And then even when we can identify goals, sometimes, let's just be honest, life gets in the way. I was going to go do this. I had a plan to be this or go here and do this. I thought I would be this, but then this happened and this happened. It changed everything. Then maybe on a little deeper level, maybe you can identify with this. We have a fear of failure. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, we really and truly fear failure. What if I try and I don't succeed? What if I try and I get hurt? What if I try and it doesn't work out and I can't feed my family or I can't do... We, we have a fear and it holds us back from that purpose because that, that, that's just there. Next is procrastination. Where are my procrastinators in here? You'll probably wait two minutes to raise your hand. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes from now I'll be somebody like oh yeah yeah <laughs> I was gonna raise my hand for that I forgot listen and it's really an interesting idea in our world today I was, I was reading an article earlier this week that was talking about the the lifespan of the of the world that we're in right now you know that a hundred years ago the average lifespan for an adult was 49 years that means and let's think about the significance of this when you are 25 years old you are middle-aged now, think about the 25-year-olds that you know in your life now. They're not middle-aged. In fact, because we've reached a point, the life expectancy currently is 77 years, they, they estimate that in the next 50 years, that will become triple digits, that we will have life expectancies of over 100 years. That means you will be 50 years old and still only at that point middle-aged. And because studies have conclusively shown us that the older we get, the more religious we become, we convince ourselves, while I'm young, I've got time. And our youth is lasting longer and longer because our lifespans keep getting longer and longer. So we procrastinate. I'll put it off. I'll do it later. I'm going to do the things I want to do now, or maybe I'm going to focus on the things I have to focus on right now while I'm raising my kids and paying bills. I'm going to focus on that. I'll get to that other stuff later. And then lastly is lack of motivation. We did try and we failed. It didn't work out the way we thought it would. Too many obstacles got in the way. And, and because of that, we just struggled to get up and try again. I've already been beat down too many times. I, I, I want to step into purpose, but I just feel like I can't. And listen, we can identify with this church that Jesus is speaking to, this church in Laodicea, because they were struggling for purpose. And that lack of purpose drives you to insanity, and then it begins to bring you to a place where you want to fill it with other things, and this is exactly what they were doing. So he says this in verses 17 and 18, 
You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you, buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed of your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. What happens when we don't understand our purpose is a lot of times we end up stepping into a misguided purpose. We, we're watching this play out around us all the time. The misguided purpose of, I'm here to make money. I'm here to, to, to be famous. I'm here to gain power. Uh, or, or, you know, maybe some of the even more noble ideas. I'm here to raise my family. I'm here to, to take care of my parents. Or I'm here to take care of my kids. Or I'm here to be a part of my community. We look at some of these noble ideas even. But even in those things, we can become misguided in our thinking. And he speaks to this because, listen, in a world where we have everything, it's really hard to be desperate for Jesus. He says, you're standing there and you're like, well, I don't need anything. I'm good. Listen, let's, let's just put it in perspective. We all drove here this morning. Nobody walked. We all put on nice clothes. Some of you did your hair and makeup. You, you have nice shoes to wear. You ate this morning. That we, we have everything. And so it feels like to some extent we're fulfilling our purpose. I'm surviving. And in fact, we begin to then idolize people who are going above and beyond surviving. Those people who are, are killing it in life, right? They got the big house, the nice car, the fancier clothes, the nicer food, you know, all of those things. We idolize them because we look at this and our, we're con- considering that our purpose is just to get by and to survive and build kingdoms. And we look at those people and we're like, man, they're doing it. God says, no, there's a real purpose for you in the midst of life that you're totally missing. God created you for a purpose. God created you for a purpose, and it wasn't just to make money. It wasn't just to raise your family. It wasn't just to take care of, of your neighbors or your, you know, your parents or any of those things. God created you with a purpose. And as long as we live outside of that purpose, can we just be honest? We're going to get to the end of every single year and feel frustrated. Because there is nothing, and I tell you this with humility, I'm I'm so thankful God showed me in my life what my purpose is, but there is nothing that compares to no matter what it is or how scary it may seem, living in the purpose and plan that God has for your life. And if you're outside of that, nothing could feel more terrible. Nothing. And we keep hanging our hats on the hopes that something, it's the riches again, it's the garments again, it's, and God's saying, no, focus on what I have in store for you. Let me show you the plans that I have for you. Then he says this, you jump down to verses 19 and 21. It says, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from indifference. You know that whole, like, what, what difference does it make? I'm just here. Turn from that. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock, and if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. He's talking about this whole idea of being victorious. So what does that mean? Like, what is, what is the concept of victory in regards to the purpose of our lives? Because here again, and you've probably heard this before, he who dies with the most is still dead. 
right? You can amass all kinds of wealth. You could have all kinds of money and all kinds of houses and all kinds of cars. You could have all kinds of power. And guess what? At the end of all things, life comes to an end and you don't take any of that with you when you go. In fact, if you go and read in Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about what a terrible life this is by saying this. You work and toil your entire life to build a kingdom that then gets passed on to somebody else who did nothing to work for it and they just throw it away. What does it matter? That can't be our purpose. No, God is saying there is a victory in this, but it's not just the survival. It's not just the getting ahead. It's not just the making it in this lifetime. The purpose that I have for you is to step into the call of God on your life to be like Jesus. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Mark 8, 34 to 37. He says, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. We do not like that. If that's in your Bible, just scribble it out. Just... <laughs> That, forget that. No, he says, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Here's the part that we really need to focus on. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you put all of your effort and all your focus and all of your energy into this life that you think is the most important thing, you're going to get to the end of every year and eventually the end of your life and feel like you wasted it. But he says, but if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Anything. Is anything worth more than your soul? This victorious purpose that he's laying out for his people, what does it come down to? It comes down to this. Your life was given to you for the sake of the gospel. Jesus said, I, I called you with purpose. You were given a gospel, a good news, Jesus, Christian, follower of God, purpose for your life to live out. And if you live outside of that purpose, you're, you'll fall into every single thing that he's talked about in, the, in these last few verses here. He says, you might gain the whole world but it's going to come at a cost. You'll lose the very essence of who I created you to be. And in doing so, you will have turned away from me. You won't be victorious. He counts the victorious ones as the ones who persevere to the end. Listen, Jesus' plan for your life, for your family, your children, your neighbors, your grandchildren, even your worst enemy and that coworker that you cannot stand, his plan for them is salvation through Jesus. He says, I want them to know me. And here's how I'm going to get it done. Through you. You know, this is a totally game changer. Because let's think of it in these terms. You know, we at this church, we have a lot of different things that we do. We have outreaches throughout the year. We have all these different places to serve within the church. As we said back in December, any given service, there are anywhere between 40 and 45 people who are volunteering right now to make this service happen. In Life Kids, up in the media room, uh, on the stage here with the sound team, our guest services team, our security team, all over this campus, there are people who are giving of their time right now. And, and you know, sometimes it creates a little bit of consternation for us because we've reached a point where if you're walking down a hallway and you see Pastor Tyler coming in the other direction, there's a panic that fills you. It's like, oh, oh, what does he want? Why? 
Because when you think your purpose is to just get through this life and just make money and just amass wealth and just raise your family and just make it through and, and you know, make it through and retire and live out your days. and be, When you think that that is your goal, when an opportunity to live out the purpose of God comes along, it feels like extra and it feels like it's too much. But when we get a hold of this victorious purpose that God has called us to in which he says, no, I actually made you for that. I made you for that. I made you to go and do serve day in the community and I made you to go do summer blast and to bless people and to help in life kids or in the service. I made you for a purpose. I put things inside of you that were distinct to you so that you could fulfill that purpose and so that you could see the plans that I have for your life unfold and reach a place of joy and contentment that goes beyond any dollar amount you will ever make in your life. God says, that's the victorious purpose that I have for you. And church, when I look at 2023, that's all I can fix my eyes on right now is this idea. God says, I made you for a purpose. Stop thinking that it was just to make more money. Stop thinking that it was to work longer hours. Stop thinking that it was even some of these noble things. We want to do the, I want to give my kids this, or I want to give my wife that, or my husband this, and we want to get this and get that, and we want to build this and build that. God says you've put your eyes on that, but all of it is a lie and it's a distraction from the real purpose that I have given you for your life. And every time you're going to get to the end of 23, and if you don't change it, you're going to get to the end of 24, and the end of 25, and Lord willing, 26, and you're just going to keep looking back and feeling empty and feeling like you're not accomplishing anything because God made you for a purpose. That purpose is a gospel purpose. It's a mission purpose. It's the great commission. When Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, he said to them, these are the last words I got for you boys. Go into the world and make disciples. Jesus, what do we do now? You're leaving. What do we do? Go make disciples. Okay, well, well should we go make disciples. Go reach people. That's all you're here for. Go reach people. That's why I'm leaving you here. That is your purpose. It's not just if you're a pastor. It's not just if you are in a ministry family. God said, no, that is the purpose that I have for every single one of your lives. And I'm telling you, if you would step into it, you would feel a greater sense of peace than you've felt in a very long time. And when you come to the end of all things, you'll be able to stand before Jesus. And just as he said, you'll be victorious. And you'll get to hear those incredible words, I tell you, that are so unbelievable to think of, but to stand before Jesus someday and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You didn't buy into that whole worldly thing about building your life and making it better for you. You figured it out. It was about me. Well done good and faithful servant will you pray with me God we just confess to you that understanding our purpose is very difficult for us for the number of reasons that we listed even before just there are so many options we think there's so much time we fear failure we feel like we've already failed and we just lack the motivation to try again and God, sometimes we just get off, off the rails a little bit in our lives and we think that this life is about amassing things for ourselves, amassing wealth and being more comfortable and 
just all of the things that this world has to offer, God, would you put our eyes this morning on just how precious it is to live in the purpose and plan that you have given to us. In the world's eyes, it may look like a failure. It may look like our lives have amounted to nothing. But Lord, there is something greater than being seen as great in the eyes of the world around us. It's obedience to your purpose and plan for our lives. And God, we want to live in that daily. Help us, Lord. We're asking you, please speak to us about what the purpose is for each of us. As we're in prayer this morning, I just want to ask you if you're here and and maybe in your own mind you think to yourself, if I knew what God's purpose was for my life, I would do it. Like if, if I knew exactly what it was, I would do that. I'm telling you, God, I would, but I just don't know what it is. And I just want to pray for you if that's where you're at today. Can, can I just ask you, if that's you, can you slip up a hand? Because I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you. Yeah, many of you. It's a reality that we're facing. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah, thank you. I want to pray this over you, and I want to ask you to stand as we get ready to close up in prayer together. But I want to pray this over you because I believe in God's promise that he says that when you call on me, I will answer. And I believe in God's promise where he says, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. If you're thinking that in this moment you're going to say, okay, God, you have roughly 18 seconds to tell me exactly what my purpose is. Download it now, God. You're going to leave here very disappointed. But get into that place of saying, Lord, I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to chase after you. I'm going to seek you with all I've got until I find that purpose and I can live it with all that I am. So would you stand as we pray? God, I pray over every person in this room who raised their hand this morning and said, that's me. God, I need your purpose. I want to see that plan that you have for my life. Lord, even saying as far as I would be obedient to it if I just knew what it was. Lord, would you be the revealer this morning of of your plans, your purpose for each and every one of us, God? And it's different for all of us, Lord. Remind us that it's not just about a calling into vocational ministry. It's living and looking with purpose at every relationship in our lives. At every opportunity, as we interact with our neighbors, as we interact with our children, as we interact at our job, how can I do those things with purpose? God, drive us into that place where we are living for you daily, surrendered to every other thought, that we can lay down everything that this world has to offer, pick up the cross and follow after you, Jesus. Lord, help us. We confess to you that there is a draw in the world around us that pulls us towards worldly things. We cannot do it on our own. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin to speak to every heart and life in this room, those listening to us online, and remind them, God, that you have called them for so much more than this. And that as they step into it, God, they will find great peace in their hearts and lives in this year and in the years to come. So speak clearly, Lord. Speak clearly. Your servants are listening. And we want to hear from you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, your purpose, go live it. 
everywhere you're going to go today, with every person you're going to see, live out your purpose. If you need prayer this morning, maybe you're one of those who raised your hand. Our prayer team is up here. We'd love to pray for you specifically. And if you're visiting, I'd love to meet you out by our welcome banner. But have a blessed day. Be encouraged in Jesus' name.